0: Okay, so Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that you are our God and that you love us and that, God, you are intimately um, concerned about every area of our lives. We thank you because we were created in love, for love, to love. And so, Father, we bless you today. We give you all the praise and glory and honor that you will do for to you and through you and for you, all things were created. And all things are held together by your powerful word. So we thank you, God. We're just so blessed to be in the family of God today. So blessed, Lord, to be, have another opportunity to worship you, to praise you, to be the people of God that you have called us to be. So, Father, as we go through this time, we ask for your spirit to be with us. We ask that our hearts and minds be open in Jesus' name, that Lord that you would do in us what we cannot do for ourselves. So we bless you and we lift you up. We honor you, we praise you. And give you all glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <coughs> okay. Well, it's good to see all your smiling faces. So Sorry. I'm sort of doing the tag team teaching. In between um, Ron and Jean running around the world, and Anna and Dave getting ready to come up. So um, I was up here a couple of weeks ago with you guys, and I talked about the whole push that's going on in the church with growth track. And growth track is really about, again, loving God, loving people. And that's our mission, that's our mission as a church, that's our mission as ministers of the gospel, which I hope you know that every one of you are ministers of the gospel, okay? You don't need to have a nice little fancy title on the end of your name or go to uh, seminary for four years, okay? You are ministers of the gospel and where God has placed you. So we talked about just a quick uh, overview We talked about when Jesus gave that commandment, he said, love the Lord your God. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we talked about loving yourself because Jesus didn't say just love your neighbor and then he put a period at the end of it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's a reason he says that because it's very evident that Jesus wants you to love yourself. And the reason you can love yourself is because, as the scripture said, he first loved you. Okay, so we talked about God's unconditional love for you is not based on what you've done, how you feel about yourself, how you don't feel about yourself. Okay, because the scripture said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when you didn't want anything to do with God, when we were spitting on God, when we were cursing God, we were using Jesus as a curse, Jesus's name is a curse word. We were doing all that stuff. There was something extremely special about you that in all that stuff, Jesus still came down and went to the cross and died for you. So to love yourself is to understand that there is something very valuable, very precious, very rare about each and every one of you that Jesus came down and died on the cross because if you were the only human left on the planet, Jesus would have still come down and died for you. That's very critical when we start talking about now we're supposed to, we're supposed to love God, we're supposed to love others, okay? So that's just a little synopsis of what I talked about last time. This week, um, it's going to be quite interesting. So, buckle your seat belts. Make sure your seat backs are in an upright position. A and question. all your electronics are turned off, because we are about to take off. I've
1: got a question Just for
2: you. Me. What about all those children in Africa, and all those you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are dying over there, and all those children that Know, suffering over in
1: Africa.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, how does uh, Jesus have? How does God look at them. all those poor children having I mean, the diseases and all that happening? How does Jesus love them? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, God. I mean, how... God. Well, here's how... the thing you have to understand. I'm sure you know about that, all those people. I'm sure we all do. If we have a TV or radio, we know about it. So, without going into a long sort of going down a uh, road, here's a basic point. God created us with free will. Right? With free will, we have the choice to do good. And those
2: children have diseases, they didn't ask for that, they
0: just No, they didn't, but you live in a fallen world, right? You live in a fallen world that's full of sin. So what you're asking is a very good question, and you and I can spend a couple hours even dealing with that. But what I just want to say to you is that to realize that you live in a fallen world, where in a fallen world, people die, people die young, good die young, children die, right? That's not God's fault. So one of the things we shouldn't do is we shouldn't blame God for that, okay? That's the one thing that we shouldn't do, because that's not God's fault, okay? Remember, Adam and Eve screwed up, not God. All right? So with that, let's move on. So I have a scenario for you. So you're walking down a road that symbolizes your journey with God. And you're walking down this road and you get to a fork in the road. Now, in this fork in the road, there's a sign in the center of the fork in the road. And you look up at the sign, and the marker that's pointing to the right says, pleasing God. The marker that points to the fork in the road that leads to the left says, trusting God. Which road are you going to choose? So I'm going to let you think about that for a minute.
1: Somebody said they want to go straight. Hey, <laughs> there is no third option say, oh. say. <laughs> say.
0: <laughs> the road to the right says pleasing God the road to the left says trusting God so those that think that they should go to the that we should go to the road to the right is pleasing God how many of you think raise your hands Pleasing God. This isn't like you know, good or bad. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to make the wrong choice. It's not about that. Right. Question:
3: Would
1: trusting
0: God also count as pleasing God? I'm not answering that question. I want you to answer. I want you to answer the specific question that I put in front of you. You have two choices on the road. You have pleasing God and trust in God. And you have to make a choice. Which choice is it? Well,
3: the word of God doesn't say anything about just pleasing God, but the Lord that says, trust the Lord your God with all your heart, and not your own understanding, in all your ways, and acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path.
0: Okay. Okay, so you say trust in God. Okay. Ron? Okay. Trust in God. Okay. Because watch, okay. if you trust in the Lord, you're pleasing Him right, right then.
2: Because you're putting all your trust, all your faith, everything that you have in your being, to God, and He is in, in he, he delights in that. So if He's being delighted, that means He's being
0: okay. joyful. Okay. Thank you. I'm God. Trust in God. in God. Okay. I um, would choose trusting in God because I don't trust myself. Okay. <laughs> okay. Pleasing God. Okay.
3: Um, pleasing means you're going to do something.
1: Mm-hmm. Trusting is just say, okay, God, you take care of it. That's okay. the way I'm thinking of
0: it. Okay.
1: So you
3: may not
0: be taking action when you trust God. You may be just setting back and letting, letting God... Okay. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else have any comments? Trusting God versus pleasing God. Okay. So let's look at a scripture and let's put those two roads to the test. Matthew
1: 22
0: verses 36 to 40. Teacher, which, of the, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So if I was standing on the road of pleasing God, what would that scripture look like? How would that scripture be fulfilled? I was standing on the road of pleasing God. Because we all want to please God, right? Is there any, anybody in here that doesn't want to please God? Okay, so I'm standing on the road of pleasing God and I read that scripture. And that scripture tells me to do something, right? Good for you. Matthew 22 verses 36 to
4: 40.
0: Could you read it again? I didn't hear it. Okay. So 36 teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments Laws well, don't
4: have anything to do with pleasing god do they laws I mean, but would you say they so don't talk about pleasing versus trusting
0: no but what we're doing is we're taking that scripture and then we're looking at, if we're, if we're talking about the road of pleasing God and trusting God, we're taking that scripture and saying, okay, if we are on the road of pleasing God, how do we do that scripture? How do we love God and love each other? Obedience. By obedience, okay. And what does it look like to be obedient? that so let's make it practical right so you've read that scripture and so the scripture says you are to love God and you are to love people okay great got my marching orders now I know what to do now what do I do how do I how do I fulfill that and I'm trying to please God and he just said I want you to do that how do I do it
4: Hmm?
0: By trusting him and doing
2: Okay. Could I? See.
0: Okay, whoa, 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 Sorry, one more <laughs> time. Um, Let me,
2: Reading
0: the Word and um, um, acting on what you
2: read.
0: Okay. Uh, see, I think the problem with that is, is I, I know a lot of people that follow the Word mm-hmm. and love Christ. Mm-hmm. And stick to the trust i know a lot of people that would walk down to that fork and sit down on this on the right side by trust mm-hmm. but not but i see I, I agree with this man here sorry i don't hear your name okay. <laughs> but uh for me i like to do the work mm-hmm. and i will make mistakes mm-hmm. but also trusting god mm-hmm. so i mean should i sit down on the side with these christians over here on the, on the trust because i'm just going to trust them and sit here and trust them mm-hmm. or should i walk my path as as well as I know how, you know, I'm human, and mm-hmm. well, I'm going to make mistakes, but I, I'm going to try to please them. Mm-hmm. So there's a work to me that seems like doing the work, okay, is the way I would probably go too. Okay, yeah. all right, thank you. I think to show uh, there's also spending that quality time with God, your,
3: your neighbors, okay. showing them your affection,
2: showing okay. them how much they do to you, to be appreciative of that. And like they said, it's also Believing God, you're also having trust in Him as well. Okay. You just want to be able to show that you're willing to meet Him too. Okay. Well,
3: we just learned about love. What is love? Love is your actions. Love okay. is how you react and how you do. Okay. So to love thy neighbor and love God, you're trusting God to put you in places to be the most beneficial spreading the word so if that's you're at the store and there's someone that's not got enough money to get the last little bit of their
1: groceries okay
3: help them out that's pleasing the lord that's taking action but you're trusting the lord is putting you in that spot and calling on your heart to help that person okay or it's seeing the homeless person outside of the gas station asking for something for food getting them some food That's trusting the Lord and you're acting on it By pleasing him, by showing your love and your compassion Okay Joining in ministries and doing for the church And helping to spread the word within your own community Shows you're trusting the Lord by putting yourself Putting you in that opportunity to share the word Which is then pleasing God
0: Okay all right, so you.
3: I've still got to go down the middle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, that makes you feel better? Okay.
4: Um, I would say um for me you know, loving the Lord is um, like how do I put A couple different things. So I know like when my thoughts go a certain like, way and I like I catch myself and you know, then I'll be like, Ugh, oh, okay, I gotta like go a different you know, try to think on, you know route Yes. <laughs> it's like a GPS. Yes. yes. And be like, okay, I'm in it. this is not a pleasing thought to God. Which, you know, I'm, you know, sometimes embarrassed at my thoughts, you know, because mm-hmm. I know God with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'll be like, okay, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm trying to think on something like this. Mm-hmm. So that's like my way of, you know, like, loving God with, you know, my thoughts and like, just everything I try to put, you know, it's just, just this. I try to get in that mindset where i like, is this going to please God or is it not going to please God, you know, and Sometimes I mean I do, you know I'll just say something, (laughs) but um, you know I'm working on it. Um, But then the other thing is like loving your neighbor as yourself. um, And the last, pretty much since I got here, I feel like God's just been speaking me a lot about forgiveness. And so, um, so I'm taking cleansing streams. I'm gonna start crying. (laughs) But yeah, so when I did that, like I feel like I did that. I was trying to be obedient, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, they showed a video of John Revere and how he was uh, talking about the book, The Bait of Satan, mm-hmm. and how um, he was, he had to forgive somebody offended him. and at first he would pray for them, but it was like, bless them Lord, you know? But then um, God spoke to him and said, you know, if I want you to pray for him, the things that you want me to do in your life. And so I've been doing that with somebody mm-hmm. in my life. and. Um, when I said that prayer, like, we said a prayer at the end of the video, mm-hmm. and um, I felt, I know I've just felt so much peace since then, mm-hmm. but I feel like, you know, I've been trying to love that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, I mean, there's still certain things I can't do. I don't mm-hmm. really want to see them sure. again, but I'm, I'm going to probably run into them in a couple of weeks, and I'm sure. not excited about that, but, um, you know, sorry I'm trying not
0: to That's fight. okay. That's okay. It's perfectly all right.
4: So yeah, but that's you know I'm trying to love that person mm-hmm. as much as I can right now, mm-hmm. you
0: know. Yeah. Because like, cause I want
4: to please God, and mm-hmm. you know, and I want to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want
0: you know. And the Bible says like, eh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I
4: always end up crying. That's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm usually. No, that's it. That's perfectly all right. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, don't cry this much.
0: But yeah. <laughs> no, that's 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 perfectly all right. <laughs> that's perfectly all right. And, and actually. um. Thank you for sharing that, because I think one of the things that, and I really love that you shared your heart, because one of the things that we have to understand is what God is asking us is not easy. It's not easy at all. It's not easy <laughs> to see children in Africa starve and die, and you're on the other side of the world, and you're saying, what is going on? Why doesn't somebody do something about it? No, it's not the children. Well, no, it's not. But they're the innocent, you know, and that's the thing. It tears your heart apart to see the innocent suffer. Most of the times, at the hand of their government, most of the times, mm-hmm. there's aid that wants to get in, yeah. but because of political stuff, it doesn't get there. Private, and yeah. children die. Those children
2: have, over there, they have AIDS and all those diseases. Yeah, you know, how God?
3: Well, there's Bill Gates.
0: <laughs>
4: he's, he's actually doing a lot for us
0: well you know one of the things is that's why we're here right we're the hands and feet of God we're supposed to be hands and feet of God um, let me just finish addressing this um, because this is really kind of leading to where I'm going okay the reason I gave you those two rows of pleasing God and trust in God. Is that many times you can walk down the road of pleasing God. And you could try to do a lot of pleasing God on your own. A lot of times even when we say we're trusting God. Okay. <clears throat> we're doing a lot of the work on our own. And what I mean by our own, we're doing it in our own strength. <coughs> we're doing it in our own ability. And the problem with that is that you only have so much strength and you only have so much ability. Okay. And many times we come to God, and I'm guilty of it. When I came to God, people told me, when you come to God, to please God, you've got to work. Right, And boy, did I take that to heart. I was in church six, seven days a week. Every committee, everything that was going on, I was there. I was doing it. And guess what? I burned myself to a crisp. Because I was so busy trying to please God. Number one. Number two, I was trying to do it in my own strength. I wasn't really trying to discover the strength that God had put into me to be able to live the way that he wanted me to live so that I had the power to do the things he called me to do. Because I guarantee you, God was not calling me to be on the construction committee, the evangelism uh, committee, the construction committee, the Friday night prayer, the Monday night prayer, the Thursday night prayer. God was not calling me to do all that. Okay. It's just like the pastor because Pastor John will tell you it's just like the guy that's like I'm going for God and in the wake he destroys his children his family, his relationships because I'm working for the Lord I gotta please God and I'm working for the Lord and I'm out there His kids hate him His wife hates him right? I'm trying to please God so what I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with trying to please God right but if you're trying to please God in your own strength then there's a problem and the reason I say that is we got to be really careful okay we got to be really careful because what we what's out here in the church right now and I'm not talking about our church I'm talking about the church universal it's like You got to get to work. You got to get out there and start working. That's all fine and good. All right? But if you do not have the inner power that Christ has put into you to do what you've been called to do, you can work yourself right into something else. Because I'll just be honest with you God's not calling you to be in the church seven days a week. He's not calling you to be in every ministry that you can be in till you get home and fall over. Because guess what? Your neighbor across the street is your ministry. Your wife is your ministry. Your sons and daughters are your ministry. Your co-workers are your ministry. When you walk into McDonald's and you see the young lady who's got a frown on her face, she's your ministry. When you're driving down the street and God tells you to pay for five dollars for the person behind you, that's your ministry. Your ministry is 24-7, doesn't stop, but here's the thing, unless you understand that, unless you are walking in that, you fall into the trap of, let's go to work. And don't get me wrong, okay, because I want you to really hear me now, I'm not saying That work is bad. Lord knows the church needs workers. And Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray that the Lord would bring workers. Okay? So he's not talking about right. So let's look at the other side. Trust in God. The word says, without faith, and you quoted it, is impossible to please God. For whoever comes to him must believe that he exists, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Faith is translated in the dictionary as trust. Okay, And yes, trust does mean that there are some times that, I got to sit. There are some times the Lord's going to say, you need to wait. Because you're going to run into some situations and circumstances that your intellect, your hard work, and all the things that you think that you're going to do to accomplish is not going to help you at all. And the only thing that's going to help you is your trust and your faith in God. Because here's what's gonna happen. If God doesn't do it, if he doesn't show up, it doesn't happen. So I'm half Nigerian, speaking about African continent. So see us in the West, if God doesn't show up, we always got a plan B. Right? God doesn't show up, hey, I got a plan B. Plan B doesn't work, I got a plan C. So yeah, I'm kind of trusting in God, but you know what, if God doesn't show up, I got a plan B and I got a plan C. Already. Just in case, he doesn't show up. In Africa, our Christian sisters and brothers My aunt came here for a visit about a year ago. And she came to church and she was talking to some people after church. And she made a very unique observation. And she says, yeah, you know what? You in the West, if God doesn't show up, you always got another plan. She goes, where we live, if God doesn't show up, we die. That is trusting God. Because if he don't show up, they are dead, gone. There is no plan B, there's no plan C. That is where God wants us to live. And out of that, out of that, we begin to discover who God has created us to be. Because God has created every single one of you uniquely with gifts and talents for his purposes. You're not here by accident. You're not here in 2017 just because, you know, whatever. You're not just kind of hanging around waiting for stuff to happen. You're here for a specific plan and purpose. And God has made available everything that you need to carry that out. But here's the thing. If I don't have a desire to pursue that, then I can just hang around and chill out and do whatever. You wonder why I don't? I don't see God in my life. I don't see God moving in my life. I don't see those things happening, right? Because I don't have the desire to go after what he's called me to be, to understand that you're not here for your house. You're not here to build a new house. You're not here to build another house. You're not here to stuff your 401K. And don't get me wrong. We all got to live. We all got to work. There's nothing wrong with that but we have to live with intentionality. And intentionality means that I'm here for the plans and purposes of God. All this other stuff that I'm doing is gonna help me to accomplish that goal. Because when you get to God, He's not gonna, at the end of your life, He's not gonna ask you about your 401k, your house, your plans, your stocks, your bonds. He's not gonna ask you about any of that. I created you for a purpose. I want you to fulfill that purpose. And I don't know what that purpose is, but I know, as sure as I know, God, that every single one of you has that purpose. But it's up to you to put the desire behind it to find out what that purpose is. One of my life um, scriptures is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your past you know how powerful that statement is god is saying you can trust me to make sure that the plans and the purposes that you are here on the earth will get accomplished if you acknowledge me at every area, and what's he saying? God, I'm dealing with a health problem. You're Lord over this. God, I'm about to lose my house. You're Lord over this. God, my children are running around like they're crazy. God, you're Lord over this. Right? And what it is, is we begin to make choices because every day, every hour sometimes every minute you have a choice whether you're going to do things your way or you're going to do things God's way trusting in God is I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow I don't even know what's going to happen 5 minutes from now but I'm going to trust you that what you said his scripture also says he that has begun a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. That means the one that started the work will complete it. What does that got to do with me? That scripture doesn't say anything about me. But what it does mean is my work is my choice, right? I have to choose. When I'm sitting at home flipping through the channels, And all of a sudden, something comes on that I know shouldn't be on in my house, my eyes should not be looking at, right? I got the choice to sit that remote down and keep looking at it. Or I got the choice to pick up that remote and say not in my house and click. But see, people don't see their walk to that level. You know, we always want to see it with the the big things here. You know, but God is saying, be holy as I am holy. And what he's saying is, I've given you the power. That's the whole thing. He's given you the power of choice. See, those that are not in the family of God don't have a choice. That's why we have to have compassion and mercy. Because a lot of times we're going, oh, I can't believe so-and-so did that. And how did he did that? And uh, Are you Christian? No. Why are you tripping? (laughs) The word says that everyone is under the control of the evil one. So why are you tripping when so-and-so did such and such and this and that? He doesn't have the spirit of God within him. That's number one. Now, number two can also happen. Because you can have the spirit of God in you and you don't do that. The Spirit of God within you says, you know what? I've given you the power to leave that alone. You don't have to touch that. You don't have to go there. You don't have to do that. And you say, you know what? I'm going anyway. (laughs) But don't be surprised when your life falls apart. You have the power. 2 Peter 1, 3 says that his divine power has, past tense, given you everything you need for life and godliness through the one that called you out of his goodness. That tells me that I have no, there is no area that I cannot overcome. Now, the question becomes, we talk about choice. The question becomes, do I wanna overcome that or not? Do I wanna be, Merciful, when somebody doesn't uh, deserve mercy? I got the choice. Do I want to show love when there's somebody there unlovable? I got the choice. But here's the thing, that's what God's calling me to do. That's what God's calling each of you to do, but we have to make the choice. We have to choose to be loving. We have to choose to be merciful. We have to choose to walk in the spirit. When you look at the whole New Testament, Paul talks about if, if, choose, if, choose, if, if, choose, if, do, walk. Why is he saying that? If choice wasn't involved, you could just wipe out seven-eighths of the New Testament because you're in Christ, you're a new creation, everything's set, you're going to walk, everything's perfect, you're not going to sin anymore, you don't have to make any choice, the choice has been made for you, just have a good time and just go right into eternity, right? Why, why does Paul just keep admonishing, stay with it, stay with your faith? Don't turn from your faith. Keep marching in your faith. Don't look to the left or the right. Don't turn, keep going, right? Because you got a choice. Your choice is the most, it is your key to power. It's your key to doing all that God has called you to. It's your choice. I talked about this before. Do you realize that there's nobody in heaven that is there by force. Do you ever think about that? There's nobody in heaven by force. Oh well, you know, I got nothing else to do. I might as well go to heaven and walk on streets and go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta see Pearly Gates again. Uh...
2: All right, what about somebody gets shot? Uh, you know, he, he, he's forced to heaven, somebody shot him. So
3: No, not necessarily. necessarily. If he's
0: not a believer. Here's the thing, and I'm talking about free choice now, right? Talking about free will. If there was not free will in heaven, Satan could not have rebelled, and a third of the angels could not have rebelled with him, Mm -hmm. right? What about people Mm -hmm. got shot in Las Vegas? What about them? All those people, racist.
2: They all got shot, you, know, uh, you know, they're forced, to they got forced out of the world. Not really about the date of arrival. Okay. Right. It's about the choice it's you made before. It's about the choice you made
0: before. It's
1: about how they lived their lives, John. Before, before that. Because,
0: again, you know, we talked about we lived in a fallen world. That wasn't their choice, you know. So it's like me, right? Suppose I leave here tomorrow, uh, this afternoon and I get in my car. And some guy comes to a red light, and hits me, kills me. Right? Why am I going to heaven? Think? I'm going to I'm going to heaven because I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Right. Before. That's one thing. Before it Before. Before.
2: Mm-hmm. So those people in Las, in Las Vegas. Yes. Uh, they, they made a choice to go there.
0: <laughs> some may have, some might not. That's the, that's the reality of it. Right?
2: They, they made a choice to go there. Just
0: Their choice there. is based on to to, whether they made a decision. To go to a
2: concert. They made a to go to yeah,
0: but they made a choice to go to the concert just like we make a choice to go to the mall. But we don't know. We, that's why it's important for us as we hear the gospel and we hear the word Because God is a loving God that each of us have a choice that we need to make that choice when the gospel is with us. Because we don't know. The Bible says no man know the hour. Right? I could live for 40 years. This could be the last time you see me. Right? I don't know. Right? And I could go to a concert. I could be outside and get shot. Some nut could come up and shoot me. I could get run over, crossing the street. I mean, it's still it's life.
3: Right? Well, I was just going to say, after the uh, Nevada attack, there were people that were actually saying that at the scene, people were praying over others that were injured Mm -hmm. and clearly were not going to make it. So, let's just say one of those people were living an ungodly life their entire time. Mm -hmm. But at that moment mm-hmm. before they pass, they accepted the Lord and believed mm-hmm. they get to go to heaven. Yep. Because they finally accepted the Lord and were like, oh, I do believe. I love you, Lord. You know, Opposed to staying an ungodly person and then passing away however you die, then you don't get to go to heaven. It's a personal choice within you. That's what the whole free will thing is all about. Right. You
0: have that choice. Because I, I think that the thing that we really have to understand is that John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever believed shall be saved and not, be, not perish. The whole world is under condemnation. Of sin, Sin, wherever it's found, must be destroyed. Okay? It's a loving God that sent Jesus to the cross to give people a way out from that. And the whole reason that we're here, the whole reason that the church is here, is that we have to tell as many people, as quickly as possible, all the time, that Jesus died on the cross to save them from their sins because the wages of sin is death. Right. And I agree with you. The world screwed up. The world is, when I was growing up, if you could tell me that the stuff that we're dealing with now, when I was growing up, I would have told you You're either too high on alcohol, you're drinking something, because there's no way that the world is gonna be the way it is now, when I was a kid. But now it's like, what is going on? But the thing is, if you read the word, God told us thousands and thousands and thousands of years before it ever happened, he said in the last days, people will be haters They will be haters of each other's. Right. Be hated, they'll be God haters. They'll be haters of each other. They will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. So in other words, right? The just even the basic respect, right? When we were growing up. The basic respect. Do you see that anymore? It's very rare. It's very rare. Very rare indeed.
2: Um, so sometimes my 10-year-old son will ask me, Mom, why do, why do bad things happen in the world? And I had to really think about that one night because I didn't really know how to answer him. And then I finally came to the conclusion that, you know, it's because, you know, God gave us free will. And, you know, just like there's freedom of speech. You know, people, you know, take it to that extent to where they feel they can do whatever they want to do. Some people feel... That, you know, as long as I repent about it and ask for forgiveness, I can keep, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I told them that, you know, you have to make a choice to read the Word, stay in church, and to follow what God tells you to do, or you go the other way. So when we were going back to the right or the left, you know, it's one and the same to me. Because as long as you're trusting in God, you're pleasing Him, because you're putting all your faith in Him, you're trusting him, and, you know, it's, to it's and the same.
0: Okay. So this statement says, you can try to please God without having to trust him, but trusting in God is how you please him, right? Because in pleasing God, I can, I can do all the stuff that I told you I used to do, right? Well, I'm trying to please God. But is that really pleasing God? Because I'm not really I'm not trusting Him. But when I trust in God, I'm pleasing Him because that's what He wants. That's what He wants for us to do. Because
2: sometimes you know, most likely you weren't you know spending time in the Bible because you were too busy trying to do the work. You know, which I don't know if you were or not. But you know, sometimes I don't I don't read the Bible as much as I should. But I am trying to be involved as in many things as I can. And sometimes, you know, I have one friend that tells me all the time over and over and over again, you know, stop what you're doing, sit in the Word, and just sit and listen.
0: That's great. But I'm going to add this caveat to it. I know people that know more Scripture than all of us in this room combined. They can sit and they can quote you the book of Matthew. They can quote you the book of James. That same person abuses his wife. That same person steals funds from the church. So this is the key, right? Yes, get in the word, read the word. But it is your desire to be changed by the Word that is more important than anything else. Because you know God can give you two scriptures out of the Bible and can literally change your life. Conversely, you can read the whole Bible. And guess what? Your heart is not in the right place. Your heart is not desiring the things of God. Your heart is not sold out for God and realizing that that... That, that God is it, and there is no second, and there is no third, and that's my priority. And I begin to make those choices, right? Every single day, every place. Not because it's the thing to do, but it's God. I look at that cross, and I see what happened with Jesus. And I see what, how much you love me. And I look at myself, and I can't, I can't stand myself. But there's something so wonderful, so awesome, so great about a God that's sitting there that on the cross for me. And thank you for that. And whatever I got to do, whatever I got to give up, wherever I got to go, whatever I got to say, whatever I got to change, it doesn't matter. Because what you've done for me is so much greater. You got to bring that to the Word. when you bring that to the Word, You'll find your peace, you'll find your strength, you'll find your hope, you'll find your joy. You'll find the stuff that you've been looking for. It's not upstairs. As much as I love Pastor John, it's not on TV. It's not on an evangelist guy and he can give you all that. It's not in the prophet, it's not in the apostle. It's you. It's it's me, it's this word, it's my heart. That's where the power is, here and here. Now what he's giving you is great, what the guy's giving you on TV may be okay, but that's not going to do it. It's when I look at that cross, and I really, 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 really understand what happened at that cross. That's where the change comes. <laughs> that's where the power comes. That's where the growth comes. That's where the maturity comes. That's when, when where Paul says walking in the spirit. We got too many people that read the word like they walk in the spirit. Uh, I gotta be more loving. Okay, yeah, more loving. Yeah, gotta be more patient. Okay, I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be, you know, and we're going out there and we're doing it in our own strength. And then when your neighbor ticks you off, when your wife ticks you off, when your kids tick you off, you go right back to where you were. And then you feel even worse. Because you say, you know what, I didn't try hard enough. And then your mind starts playing mind games with you. You didn't try hard enough. You didn't work hard enough. You didn't do hard enough. It's not about that. It's about me understanding what he has done and all the days of my life don't care what I got to do, don't care where I got to go, I don't care what I have to do. And God goes, wow, that's trusting God. I could do something with that.
2: So we're we're turning this around where you have to travel both those
3: roads, pleasing God and trusting
0: because then you converge into that single line going the opposite direction. Because the reality is, right? God wants that, when you go down that trust in God, you're right. It automatically flows. It's just like love, right? I've been married to my wife 35 years. I don't have the strength or the power to love my wife the way that she needs to be loved. I'm too selfish, I'm too proc- I procrastinate too much. I can go, the list goes on and on and on and on. Right? I can't do it. No way. So you know what? I gotta go to the cross and say, you know what, God, not gonna happen. Too selfish, too this, too that, can't do it. God goes, wow, what took you so long? (laughs) Right? Been waiting for that. Okay, so here's a new plan. So what I want you to see is that I love you unconditionally. I think you're special. There's nobody on earth like you. You've been created for a time and a purpose such as this. And all that love and all that I'm going to pour into you, go and do likewise. And so I love my wife, okay? Because as great as my wife is, my wife's got issues. (laughs) She's got some issues. And I'm saying that because she'll tell you she's got some issues. And we both agree
1: that she has
0: issues. <laughs> and we both agree that I got issues. Okay? So we're in perfect agreement with that.
2: Okay. And I'm just saying that because she's not here. I'm
0: not, not, I'm saying, not saying that. that, saying that Plus, it's on tape. <laughs> right? <laughs> you no? Know? God didn't make any government no, Right? But I love my wife out of the tremendous love that's been given to me by my God. It's not based on whether my wife cooks a great meal or not. This is not based on what she does or what she doesn't do. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with living out what God has called me to be. He said, Joe, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Because see, when I get to heaven, it's not going to be, well, you know what? I tried that, but you know what? She, she did not, she didn't do this. And you know, if she had been better at that, and you know, if she had just, man, if she just could have been just a bit better at this thing, man, life would have been great. Everything would have been good. We would have had a terrific marriage. And God's going to be, are you done? Because <laughs> I didn't ask you that. I told you to love your wife As Christ loved the church. I didn't put any conditions on that. I didn't tell you that if she was going to do this and this and this and that. And I know you have been praying for that your whole life. And it didn't happen. But I didn't make that a condition of you doing that. It's the same thing with your neighbor. But God, you don't understand that. What did I tell you? I told you to love your neighbor as yourself. I don't care if he was Muslim, black, white, gay, straight. He didn't give any conditions there. And here's the point. You think you're going to do that in your own strength? If you think that you're going to do that in your own strength, God bless you. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: you let me know at the end of your life how that went cause it's not going to happen Paul uh, you
2: mentioned going to the cross and saying Lord that's, that's not working and he's you know glad you're finally here uh, but then you go three days later you go to that empty tomb and you got the evidence that empty tomb is
0: such a thing That's that's the evidence of defeated death and power
2: that's in us. Exactly. And so that's how we can start doing this stuff. We we do our part by going to the empty tomb and saying, okay, Lord, you do your thing.
0: Yep. And thank you, Paul, because you led me right into my closing. (laughs) Appreciate that. Okay. So let's wrap this up. How do I trust God? Okay, so we've talked about all kind of stuff and pie in the sky and you know all these things and that's great. But now we gotta walk out that door and we gotta do it. We gotta live it. How do we do that? Here we go. Number one, you must believe that God can be trusted. And you guys know me, I'm always honest in front of you. There's sometimes that I don't trust God as much as I think I trust God. Today, right now. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There's some times that I don't trust God as much as I think I trust God. But, we have to believe that he can be trusted. There's no gray areas there. Because if we can't believe, if we don't believe that we can trust him, when times get hard, when things get rough, that's when you know you can trust God. Because, see, when my bank account's full and everything's going right with the kids and everything's going right with the world, and I look at my 401K and it's growing, right? And the 49ers are winning. (laughs) <laughs> Everything is right with the world, man, I can trust God, Woo, I can trust God, man, that's good. Yeah, I can trust him, Woo, I can trust him. All right. Let the 401k kind of start taking let stuff start going bad with the kids, let stuff start going bad with the job, can I trust him, man? See, that's the marker, right there. And I'm not saying it's easy, because when you get there, oh man, Satan is right there. Woo, man. Let me let me tell you. Yeah, you think you really trust God? Yeah. What do you think now? Uh huh. Yeah. Bank accounts empty. Yeah. Uh huh. Somebody's coming to take the house away. Yeah. You said you trusted God, right? Now what? Let's see what you got now. Huh? Need to Big talking faith? man? Big talking man about how you trust God? <laughs> In front of this whole group talking about trusting God? Let's see how you trust God now. But
2: is that when our faith is tested
0: by God? No, God's not testing your faith. You're not testing your faith, bro.
3: Uh-uh. Satan
0: is testing your faith. Because here's what God is saying Don't move, don't go to the right or the left. I told you i was going to hold you i told you i was going to bring you through this i told you that you are going to make it now you might not make it the way you think you want to make it because that's the other thing right. oh god let me let me make it the way i want to make it so you know i you know everything will be good and be back to and god will be right. like well I'll you know say, what
2: i'll be okay you know,
0: god is saying you know you're going to make it but you're going to make it on my terms not your terms i heard
2: someone say
3: but God, if I had a Corvette, I'd be so much happier and I could do so much more for you. And God
0: said, ha ha, no, you're driving a Pinto. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that trusting God does. So you ask God for that Corvette, right? You get in that nice, shiny, red Corvette, oh yeah. <laughs>
1: and then you get your God shoes. is a
0: good God. He's a really good God now because I got my Corvette. Woo. I've been waiting for this for so long. Right? And you get in that Corvette, you, right, you turn that thing up and you go right on the screeching around the corner somebody comes right through teeth cheekbones you. Yep. Crushes yep. that. You're now in the hospital. Right? You wanted that Corvette. Because mm-hmm. sometimes God tells you, you're driving that Pinto. Right? Because yep. you had that Corvette. That Pinto don't get up to 90 miles an hour, in under six seconds. And I know you, if you get behind that Corvette, you're going to go from zero to 90 in about six seconds. And when you do, you're going to put your life on the line, and your whole life is going to be a nightmare, and you're going to be laying up in the bed saying, God, why did I even have that Corvette? Why did I even want it? Because now I don't have the Corvette, and now my life has been wrecked. That
1: right. Corvette that you gave me. <laughs> so,
0: right. trusting God means that God knows exactly what I need. To, if I pay for that, if I pray for that Corvette and God said, you're not getting that Corvette. Right.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, Thank you, Jesus, for my little pinto. Because you know what? That little pinto is going to get me to working back. Yeah. So that I can feed my kids. Right? That's gonna That little pito is going to do that for me. I always tell
1: my kids, there's a difference between want and a an
2: need.
0: Yeah. If it's just a want, then you better work for it and that's something you need to get. But if it's a need, then you'll get what you need. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Second thing is, um, you must come to him in humility knowing that you can't do this on your own. You cannot do this life on your own. Right? That End of story. Period. Ding. I think we've already gone over that enough. Can't do it. I can't do it. So I have to come to God in humility, on my knees, saying, God, just like my Aunt Nigeria, if this thing's going to work, you're going to have to do it because I don't have strength. Three, and the last one, I must die to myself. And this one's a hard one. I must die to myself Right, because there's the things that God wants me to do and then there's the things I want to do. And we have this thing called flesh, right? That's supposed to be dead, supposed to be crucified. Guess what? Every morning you get up, guess what gets up with you? Flesh. Right? And you start walking down the street as a married man and a woman starts coming towards you and guess what? Flesh is like, I'm still here thought I was gone, but I'm not. Right? Remember we talked about those choices? So right there, am I going to die to this? Right? Or I'm going to just keep my eyes looking straight and saying, thank you, Lord, for what you've given me, and keep walking. Right? This has got to die. Daily, it's got to die. Because if you think that somehow or another you defeated it. Let me tell you, I've been a Christian a long time. I was trapped in pornography for 20 years. I know what the flesh is about. And let me tell you, if you're not on guard every single day, if you walk down the street and go, oh, you know what? I got this Christian thing all worked out. You're going (laughs) to fall like a ton of bricks because you got an enemy. And he is looking for any opportunity to bring you down. You better be on your guard. You better be on your knees. You better be on your word. You better be praying. You better be, because this Christian life is no joke. It is no joke. And he is looking. You are public enemy number one. Do you realize that? I heard a preacher say that Satan is not in the club on Saturday night. He's in the church pew Sunday morning. He's looking for you. That's who he's looking to take you out. You're not worried about those in the club. He's worried about you. And if you don't realize the war that's going on, and you don't realize the strength and what you need to walk in, you will get taken out. Trust me, I've seen a lot of brothers and sisters that I love dearly, dearly, strong in the word, right? Didn't realize that. They got taken out, right? This thing's no joke. Here we go, the end. (laughs) Colossians 3, 1 to 10. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ appears, who is your life, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to, past tense, Walk in these ways in the life that you once lived, but now you also must get rid of such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self and its practices and now have put on the new self, which is being renewed, right, process, being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your immense love for us. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing for us. So, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, everyone in this room, Lord, that, Father, you do a special work in their hearts, Father. Father, to let them know, first of all, how much they're loved, that they're loved unconditionally, That, Father, second of all, to let them know what power is available to them to say no to the things of the world and yes to the things of God. And, Father, I pray that every single person in this room, Lord, Father, would have a deep hunger and desire, Lord, to walk in the things of God. And, Lord, would fulfill the destiny for what you've brought them here for. And that, Father, I pray that they be world changers in the name of Jesus. Not so much in word, but in deed also, Lord that, Father, that they would love like no one else, have mercy like no one else, have grace like no one else, have love like no one else, so that, Father, that through their actions, through the work of the Spirit, Lord, wherever they may be, at school, at church, at home, with their neighbors, Lord, wherever they may be, that, Father, the Spirit of the living God, Father, would change the atmosphere of where they are, and that, Father, would begin to show the love of God, and that, Father, that they would get an opportunity to give the reason for the hope that lies within them, We give you all praise and glory and honor because to you, all this is due and so much more and so much more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thank we thank love you, you very much. And we'll see you. very good. Thank you. thank you, sir. Appreciate it. it Appreciate it. Enjoy Appreciate it. it. Thank, it. You. thank you. Thank you.